Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hi, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw Count Out, the show where we count wrestling things down here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscription button, the subscribe button rather, and the little notify bell on YouTube lets you know whenever there's a new Going In Raw episode. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We have a number of wonderful reward tiers. You can help the show financially. It really helps support us and uh, gets you all this great content, uh, lots of rewards to choose from, including yeah. watching uh, live streams of us doing this Yes, and other things. Yes. Uh, we're also at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Going In Raw, where you can get, I want to see if the latest Going In Raw design is there, Larson. Nope. nope. Not there yet. But by the time this, Maybe. I imagine, I mean, there's only Tuesday, this is going up on Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Yep. Uh, Could be there. The Shower Me With Gold logo shirt. Could be there. Should be there. Could be there. Yeah. Anyways, today we're going to talk about um, title changes that take place at house shows. We just saw AJ Styles over this past weekend on July 7th, in fact, defeat Kevin Owens Mm -hmm. for the United States Championship at a house show at Madison Square Garden. We're about uh, two hours away from finding out how they're going to be uh, dealing with that on SmackDown, of course, by now. Uh, it's probably five days old. Yeah, we <laughs> all know about it. Uh, recording this early. Yes. Anyways, uh, title changes at house shows these days don't happen very often. Of course, in the older days of wrestling, before television, every show was a house show. Title changes hands all the time. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, there's no Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt title change. Uh, the title changes on this particular episode. No. There is one older one, just for historical significance. But otherwise, these are all uh, these all happen in what I guess you would call the modern TV era of wrestling. Yeah, when it's it's less likely for these to go down a house show. These days they do it, I think, seemingly to, to, to build some buzz. Like in the case of AJ Styles, we'll, we'll talk about We'll that. talk about that during that entry. First of all, let's just, let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Number 10. 10. Diesel beats Bob Backlund for the WWF title. Yeah, this took place at a uh, Madison Square Garden house show, November 26, 1994. The Madison Square Garden is going to show up a lot. Yeah, by the way, if, if you're looking to see, if you're looking to get a possible title change, 
if your hopes and dreams are resting on watching a WWF WWE title change at a house show, Madison Square Garden probably has the odds favored for yes. that to happen. Um, so a little backstory first. We talked about this in our uh, most shocking title wins uh, episode of Countout a few weeks back. Yes. Um, Bob Backlund was a surprise world champion for WWF um, after beating Bret Hart for the belt at Survivor Series 1994. This was 16 years? 16 years after he originally held it. Something like that, yeah. 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 So the situation there was is that Owen... Uh, joined Backlund in his corner, mm-hmm. and British Bulldog was in Brett's corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I believe he had to throw in the towel, or that was you could throw in the towel to to win the match. Yeah. Um, and so Bulldog knocked out, mm-hmm. seemingly for like fifteen minutes for a very long forever. time. Stunning, nobody went and checked on him. So Owen, um, seemingly feeling bad for his brother who was who was locked mm-hmm. in the crossface chicken wing, seemingly again for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, pleads with his parents, Stu and Helen Hart, to throw on the towel uh, to to save Brett from further pain and suffering yeah. at the hands of Bob Backlund. Stu looked at Owen like he was on crack. Yeah, like, we Stu don't give up. No, no, not here. at all. But Helen Hart, um, apparently feeling Bobby. yes, um, some pity for her uh, son Brett, <laughs> finally relents, grabs the towel, throws it in. Uh, Bob Backlund. Is the WWF champion? Yeah, shockingly, shocking yeah. fashion. What was the crowd's reaction to that? Confusion, like, I think. What? How is he going to be champion? Yeah, he's like a million years old. Yeah, it's like sixteen years past when he was really supposed to be champion. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways, three days later at a house show at Madison Square Garden, um, Diesel defeated Bob Backlund in eight seconds. It was a kick, a jackknife, a three count. Yeah, exactly. That was it. No, yeah. Diesel. Was your champion. Kevin Nash, your new champion. And then he held it for almost a whole year, like a week short of a year. 358 days yeah, before he, losing it to Brett. At Survivor Series 1995. And then he sort of had a, uh, what, like about a six-month farewell tour? He yeah. Said, he said, Vince, I'm going to go take a lot of money from Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner. And uh, Well, no, he said, I have this offer. I don't want to leave WWF. Yeah. If you match this, I'll stay. And Vince says, I can't afford to pay you. I'll give you $50,000 a year. So well, they're offering me $2.5 million. He went to WCW. It was $1.2 million. $1.2, there you go. Um, uh, so, yeah, Diesel in 1996 went to WCW, joined mm-hmm. Scott Hall there, formed the NWO. Yep. Um, and history has generally regarded Diesel as one of, if not the worst drawing champions in WWF history. Yeah, I mean, he had it for a year. It was, in, in his own words, he doesn't deny that, but he says nobody was drawing at the time. And if you look at the state of professional wrestling, specifically WWF at the time, it's not good. There was not a lot to be excited about. No, wrestling that, uh, in the mid-90s was not good. Yeah, it's funny how how low it got uh, post, like, Warrior, I guess, you know? Because Warrior was supposed, you know, people were still into it. When Warrior won the title, yeah, and then you know within what two or three years of that happening, Hulk Hogan started getting booed, you know, and uh, and then he left to go do Baywatch. No, no, Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. Baywatch. <laughs> That'd be great if he was on him. Are you kidding me? Him and uh, David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff together. 
Oh, man, talk about the mega powers. Anyways, uh, so yeah, wrestling was just crap in 1995, man. So it really isn't necessarily on Diesel. Well, because no one else drew. Bret Hart didn't draw. Right. Shawn Michaels didn't yeah, draw exactly. when in the early mid-90s. So wrestling in general just had to find itself again. That didn't really happen until like the, you know. NWO and Stone Cold. And exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the NWO. They drew. They, they sold a lot of shirts, and Kevin Nash was right there. That was, that was his deal. Yeah. So, um... So, yeah, uh, pretty shocking, though, for that to happen in a house show, and it was only eight seconds. Yeah. Number nine. Nine. Uh, AJ Styles beats Kevin Owens. This happened. For the U.S. title. Last weekend. Just happened. Uh, so, yeah, these days, you know, it, this was this was kind of shocking, man. Like, all of a sudden, our, our Twitter notifications, our Twitter feed starts blowing up. Yeah. AJ Styles won U.S. championship. It's not, I mean, it is, it's, it's very surprising. It's shocking. Um, I think they do it these days. Like I said, you know, I, I think they do it these days kind of to generate buzz about WWE live shows. Yeah, and we'll get to another instance that happened uh, recently um, where a title changed hand at a house show. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely to, 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 to make these house shows, these live events, seem more unpredictable. Right, exactly. Anything can happen. How often does the title change hands at a house show? Hardly ever. And look, I'll, even without that, I, I can attest, I haven't been to a live, you know, WWE live show in terms of a non-televised one, a house show in, in a, a couple of years. But whenever we've gone, they, they're a blast. Oh, yeah. They're a lot of fun. The wrestlers are a lot looser. Um, they have a tendency not to feel the need to stay completely in character, not to, they don't need to adhere to you know the TV canon, if you will, necessarily mm-hmm. they can move mm-hmm. around a bit more. Um, they're just a lot looser and fun, and or looser and fun, and uh, and you know every once in a while you get some some big surprise. It, it it's so funny though how hardwired we are not to accept the idea that this can happen because if you look at the video of this, and I'm, I I don't know I wasn't obviously I wasn't there I've just seen video of it and my read is people are just. Can, like they're confused, they're expecting it to be reversed somehow. Like they pop because oh wow, title change has happened. Now they're gonna give it back, right? Because this is this is not televised. Oh, they're not. Cool. Yeah. Let's go home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know we saw word of it happening before there was any sort of official acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And at least me, I saw it. And I was like, okay. Cool that happened. Yeah. Well, let's wait and see how WB approaches it. So right. They exactly. acknowledge it as an yeah. official title change. Okay. That's canon. Yeah. Done. Yeah. And the, I mean, the thing is, they they understand though in this day and age, they know that fan footage is going to be out there oh, yeah. for people to watch. They can control. They can somewhat control. You know their messaging. They can they can do this in as an alternative to uh, to a televised title change. And it'll still maintain its legitimacy because of the the the, the reach of social media. Yeah, you know. So, it's, sorry, it's curious to see what happens going forward because I heard, but I haven't checked myself, that WWE.com pulled AJ versus Kevin Owens from the battleground uh, web page. Oh. I am checking on that right now. Okay. Let's see. Find out if that's indeed the case. Uh, yeah, it is gone. So far, it's just uh, Orton, Mahal, Cena Rusev, and then Usos New Day. Those are the only three matches displayed here as being well, on there the card. You go, man. I mean, I'm assuming Kevin Owens is going to get his rematch, but there's still what three weeks till Battleground. Yeah. Two weeks till Battleground. So there, there's still time for them to do the rematch on TV. Yep. 
Um, so we'll see this. Uh, also, uh, it was kind of interesting. All this happened in one thing. Like Austin Aries got released. Yeah, earlier that day. Earlier that day, uh, they released like a trailer for Kurt Angle's 24, and Dixie Carter was there. Um, and then I think it was the next morning uh, that Alberto Del Rio and no, Page. It was uh, Monday morning. This was on Saturday. That was on Saturday, but I think the actual oh the actual thing happened. Okay, happened on on Sunday, I believe. Um, and then, of course, this came one week after fellow Bullet Club leader Kenny Omega won his own U.S. title. New Japan, people were saying, do you think this is a response to that? No, I don't think WWE cares about that. No, they decided to change up storylines and have the title change take place here rather than Battleground, I guess. Yeah, I imagine they were killing a couple birds with that stone. Number eight. Eight. Shawn Michaels versus Marty Jannetty for the IC title. Um, took place June 6, 1993, to house show in Albany, New York. Now, uh, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were kind of on again, off again, engaged in a feud following the breakup of the Rockers, mm-hmm. which happened in 92, I believe, or early 93. 92. Um, because Jannetty uh, and Michaels had a match at Ro- Royal Rumble 93, um, which is supposed to be the start of their feud, but Jannetty was released. Shortly thereafter, he made a surprise return on the May 17th, 1993 edition of Raw. This is when Raw was just getting... When was the first edition of Raw? Around then. Yeah. Um, and uh, came out from the crowd, challenged HBK mm-hmm. to a Intercontinental title match, won the match, was the Intercontinental champion. Yeah, trying to trying to give that guy a good good, good restart yes. there on his return. Yes, but then 20 days later at a house show, as I said, in Albany, New York. Yeah, they said... Mm, this no, is, this, this isn't working. working. No, um, so uh, HBK won the belt back with yeah. the help of his new bodyguard, Diesel. That's right. And so we watched the uh, the way they broke this was there was a it was Gorilla Monsoon at the news desk on some sort of this wasn't an internet series. <laughs> I guess this was just televised on Superstars. Raw like Superstars. Yeah. I don't know something like that. We we just saw like the single clip. And it was a news update to Gorilla Monsoon was talking about. Uh, and all they have were still shots. It was not filmed, from what we can tell. And uh, he starts referring to this mysterious new bodyguard. Yes. Not by name yet. Wearing a jogging suit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, at least and a windbreaker. A windbreaker and sunglasses. And a mullet that was starting to grow out. Yeah. And uh, this mysterious uh, bodyguard. We, we hear his name might be... Uh, what was his last name in, in WWE and WCW? Vinny Vegas? Mm-hmm. Vinny Vegas? Mm-hmm. Or Vinny Vega? No, that's Pulp Fiction. It's Vinny Vegas. Vinny Vegas, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, of course, Diesel went on to do be a WWE entry champion and NWO <laughs> and all that stuff. So, after HBK won the belt, um, he was eventually stripped of the title in September mm-hmm. of 93 because he failed a drug test. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he took steroids. Not a good idea. Um, and then Marty Jannetty would go on to feud with Doink the Clown. Yeah, not a great trajectory for Marty. No. No. Uh, number seven. Seven. Booker T versus Chris Benoit. Now, this is weird um, because uh, on April 30th, 1998, Chris Benoit challenged Booker T for the TV championship at a house show, uh, and I believe that was in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, yes. And uh, Benoit won, and it was at a house show, non-televised. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. Was this during their best of seven series? Uh, I think I I heard that it was this. This was not part of their. No, I know, but was it during that? I span think it of was time. during that span of time. But then when Booker T show, when Booker T finally did show up on TV after all this, he lost it to Fit Finley. 
I think it was around the same time, though. Maybe it was on the heels of it. I don't know. Anyways, so on April 30th, Booker T lost it to Chris Benoit. The next day, he won it back. Very nice, and that was in Greensville, South Carolina. The next day, the 2nd of May, in Charleston, South Carolina, Booker T lost it again to Chris Benoit. And then on the 3rd of May in Savannah, Georgia, Booker T won it back. And then the next day on the 4th of May on Nitro in Indianapolis, Indiana, Booker T lost it to Dave Finley, to Fit Finley. Well, Dave is his real name. Yeah. Dave Finley now is Dave Finley Jr. Yeah. <laughs> he lost it to Fit Finley. So a lot of title changes. Now, this is according to uh, the death of WCW, um, I believe written by Brian Alvarez and a few others. Uh, it said, WCW had a problem, this is a quoting from the book, WCW had a problem at the Augusta, Georgia house show on April 30. The main event was scheduled to be Flair versus Hennig, but with Flair being out indefinitely and Hennig being just not there, fans were very upset. So upset, in fact, that hundreds of them demanded refunds. After thinking over several scenarios, the decision was made to do last-minute change and have Chris Benoit beat Booker T to win the TV title. It worked. The fans were overjoyed. So the decision was made to do it again the next night. And then again, and again, and again. The belt changed hands four times in four days at the house shows, going from Booker to Benoit to Booker to Benoit to Booker again. So, uh, yeah, they they did that. <laughs> That's a very, a very WCW thing to do. Very much so. Like, it's one thing, hey, let's have a title change. And then I mean, the crazy thing is, on TV, they never acknowledged it. Yeah. They never said that actually happened. But, uh, at least according to here, this is Wikipedia, so who knows if this is the, the official title history. Um, they have them all down here. Oh, okay. All right. I was trying to find out um, about the Best of Seven series. Yeah, it was 1998. Okay, all right. Uh, oh, but no one was TV champion yet. It was to become number one contender. Oh, I think. Okay. Because at the end, Great American Bash 98, Booker T defeated Chris Benoit to become number one contender for the WCW World Television Championship. Who had it at the time? Oh, I don't know. Mm, okay. Interesting. Sorry, we're doing some research on the fly here. No, that was that was. I remember that uh, that feud though. That best of seven was great. Yeah, it was really really good stuff. Oh, okay. This is what happened. So uh, that was the first match of the night, and then Booker T would defeat oh. Fit Finley to win the title at the same show. This was in June of '98. So this these house show matches happened before that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? They probably. Looked at these house shows and were like, man, these guys can really put on a show night after night after night. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, let's actually telecast these. Let's get these in a best of seven, yeah. So, kind of cool. It's like a piloted version of their feud. Yeah. Number six. Six. Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor for the NXT title. This uh, this was shocking. Yeah, it really was. And yeah. This is like kind of the first time I recall uh, a major title changing hands at a house show, at least since I came back to watching wrestling mm-hmm. in yeah, 2011. Yeah, yeah. So I know some other titles have changed hands, tag championships and such, but and it, like you know, the first world title that changed hands. We talk a lot about Edge doing a lot of neat things. NXT in general has done a lot of neat things, you know? They kind of spawned the women's revolution. Um, they did this. Yeah. Uh, and then they had... I, I, I kind of like, you know, not all the matches were great, but when they did the, 
Samoa Joe, uh, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura series. Yeah. They did it all on the circuit. Yeah. You know, and then just videotaped them all. Yeah. And then showed them on, on TV. Now, I'm, I'm unsure whether this, I don't believe they showed this entire match. I think they just showed highlights on NXT. It, it, from what I recall, they just showed highlights. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, this uh, took place at a house show in Lowell, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. April 21st, 2016. Yeah. And again, Twitter went crazy. Yes. It was like, you know, all of a sudden, tons of fan footage started rolling in. Yeah. of this happening. This is, this is a big deal. In this and again, it was a, a situation where, okay, is WWE going to acknowledge this? Yes, it's official. Mm, yeah. Um, Joe held the title for 121 days before dropping it to Shinsuke Nakamura at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. Yeah. We were there. Yes, we were. Um, the, this whole feud between Joe and Finn started back when they were tag team partners during the initial, the inaugural, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Off, dear baby. And then Joe turned on Finn because he wasn't getting a title shot. He thought he was promised. Yeah. Um, Joe challenged Finn for the NXT title twice before this at uh, NXT TakeOver London and NXT TakeOver Dallas in that Dallas match where Joe got busted open early. Oh, that was a great match. Bleeding all over the place, and he kept on pushing the doctors away because he just wanted to fight. That was was great. great. I know. He lost both times, finally winning at the house show, and then NXT TakeOver The End um, Joe successfully retained the belt in a cage match. Mm-hmm, yeah. That was another good match. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, yeah. All in all, a really good feud between Finn and Samoa Joe. I mean, that's the thing. I, think, I honestly think the days of, you know, the house show title change and then it not being acknowledged, that's, that's far you can't do that anymore. You can't do that you can't anymore. Do that anymore. You know? Everybody's got their phones out now. Exactly. Number five. Five. The Rockers win tag team gold, Larson, and then eh, they don't. Okay, this wasn't a, this wasn't a house show. This uh, was okay. Yeah, here's our caveat uh, entry. This was uh, <coughs> during a taping for the main event four, mm-hmm. which I believe was an NBC special. Right. Um, took place uh, October 30th, 1990, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, and it was the the Rockers versus the Hart Foundation in a best two out of three falls match. Now the situation was the Rockers won the match, um, uh, and then uh, Jim Neidhart was going to be let go by the company. Mm-hmm. They renegotiated. He was welcome back. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to put the belts on the Hart Foundation again and just not acknowledge uh, the Rockers' reign. That was helped because apparently um, NBC wanted the show to be one hour long. Um, well, this match was like 25 minutes. Because it was on Friday and not on Saturday. Yeah, so yeah. they chopped the match Oof. from the telecast to fit into NBC's time frame. And then the official explanation from WWF, I think, um, was the title change was canceled due to a ring rope malfunction, which happened during the second fall. I think when the turnbuckles got looser, came off or something. And so that was the official explanation for it. That's so weird, but I guess the Rockers actually defended their titles a few times before the WWF rehired. So, I mean, I imagine this was within a, a few days, a couple yeah. of days, yeah. and they you know, had a couple house show stops. And they defended the title, so a couple people got to see that. It's just, yeah, it's 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 so weird. Like they couldn't do that these days. Yeah. Um. But uh, that, that's that's always been kind of a weird thing to me. Was like the understanding that the Rockers were never actually tag team champions. Officially, yes. But they were they were they this close to being official. You know, know. actually being tag team. It champions. was it was just one was contract. So close. One contract negotiation gone wrong away from being tag team champions. It was yeah. It was that, and then it was. You know, being on one, it was one day away because if it was on Saturday, they would have had it. They would yeah. have put it in there yeah. and they would have done it. So yeah, and then what? That's so bunk. The title change cancellation was due to a ring rope mal- malfunction. 
That's terrible. Yeah, that's a bad idea. I mean, if, if, the, if the match never aired, they can just act like it didn't exist. I don't know when this explanation came out. Yeah. But apparently the match is on one of Shawn Michaels' uh, DVD sets. Oh, really? So I'd be interested to check it out. It's probably good. HBK Best of Volume 3. Yeah. You can find that now on, what did you used to sell those on? eBay. eBay, that's right, yeah. Is eBay still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's how I got. Man, I got to find an adapter for that N64. Yeah, we got to play some uh, virtual pro wrestling. Heck yeah. Number four. Four. Ivan Koloff versus Bruno San Martino. This is, of course, the classic uh, uh, incident where Bruno San Martino. The garden went silent. Yeah, Bruno on an eight-year run with that WWF title. And Ivan Cola, and Bruno finally said, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, he said, I'm tired. I need a break. Bruno needs a rest. Yeah. I, just, I really want to take a nap. Uh, Ivan is good stuff. Let's put the title on him. Pretty much. So yeah. this happened um, at Madison Square Garden. Again, these, this is before the days where every wrestling show, or a lot of wrestling shows, was, was televised. So more or less every wrestling show was a house show. Yeah. Um, uh, Madison Square Garden, January 18th, 1971, again, about eight years after Bruno won the title. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, uh, so Koloff won the match. Crowd was stunned. And I guess everybody was, was cognizant of the fact that uh, Bruno was a, a love champion. Mm-hmm. Um, shocking loss. Yeah. Uh, a potential riot could happen. So uh, the ref, like, raised up Koloff's hands yeah. three times, um, but uh, they never presented the belt to Koloff. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him the belt. In fact, he left while Bruno stayed in the ring. Yeah. Koloff left without the belt. Yeah. Bruno stayed in the ring, so everybody's attention was on Bruno while yeah. Koloff get out of there. Yeah, and Koloff left with his life. I think that's all he cared yes, about. Yeah, pretty much. Got the belt later because he did defend it. Um, uh, three weeks later against Pedro Morales, maybe he defended in between. I don't know, but three weeks later he lost it to Pedro Morales. Yeah, um, Bruno apparently t- took some exception to that because he really thought that they could have made some money off of Ivan Ivan Koloff. He was a big fan of his. He mentioned this in, I think, an interview both on Legends and then the Table for Three that he did with Orton and Flair, which are both great viewing experiences. And apparently he did um. I want to say a Talk is Jericho podcast, mm. and a lot of people are saying that interview is fantastic wow, as well, so I really want to check those out, um, or that out, rather. Um, yeah, Pedro Morales defeated Koloff three weeks later, like you said. Uh, Bruno, about two, well, about three years later, yeah, almost three years later, um, reclaimed the belt, December 10th, 1973. And had it for three years, basically. Three more years before he probably once again said... I'm tired of this. Wait, is that when... He dropped the superstar Billy Graham. Oh, okay, okay. When did Stan Hansen... It was during that. It was during... Okay, okay. All right. It was during the second reign, I, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah, he was like, this is this is too much, man. Yeah. Number three! Three. Bret Hart versus Ric Flair. Uh, Bret Hart's first title reign. The, the legendary Bret Hart. The legendary WWF champion Bret Hart. Yes. His first title reign was untelevised at a house show in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Canada. In Canada. It took place October 12th, 1992. Yeah. Now, this match was later released on Coliseum Home Video. Oh, Coliseum. On a VHS release titled WWF Smack'em Whack'em. Yeah. Um, and uh, this tape also features the very Smack first... Smack'em Whack'em. The very first... 
WWF ladder match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I'm, I'm deciding right now, Larson. The second live pay-per-view from WCPW oh, is going to be called Smack 'em Whack 'em 2. <laughs> Could have been worse. <laughs> oh, whack 'em Whack 'em, Jack 'em Whack 'em. That's what I was expecting. Jack 'em Whack 'em. There you go. Very good. But two, anyways. Uh, so. Uh, this tape, the the Coliseum home video, uh, Jack and Smackham also featured a ladder match. I just said that. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I already said that. Gosh, you never pay attention to me. <laughs> because my, my creative wheels are turning, Larson. Because you were thinking of Jack and Whackham. I was. He held the strap for 175 days before losing it to big old Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9. Who held it for about six minutes before Hogan came in out of nowhere and just beat him for it. So you know what's crazy? So in doing research for this, I was trying to find... I was trying to find the first televised appearance of champion Bret Hart um, to, to see how they addressed it. And I don't think I found it. What we found was something... Oh, it seemed like that was it. This was a, it was a month later. That was from November. Oh, it was like okay. November 14th. <coughs> okay, so this is a full almost a month afterwards. So I imagine there was probably... Uh, superstars. Yeah, maybe. And I couldn't find it on the network. I imagine it's probably out there somewhere. It's probably relatively easy to but find. But they still acknowledged the title change as if it was relatively new, which as it was. Relatively new, but they didn't have, like, Flair's... They, Flair didn't seem concerned about Flair it at all. Flair didn't seem concerned about it. And I imagine the first time they... they talk, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this was. But I imagine the first time they talked to Flair on TV afterwards, he was probably like, I'll get it back or something like that. He didn't really give a shit. Um, and, and because three weeks afterwards, he was teaming with Razor Ramon. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to take this opportunity to run down Bret Hart some more. I just find it interesting that, like, just in that segment alone, <coughs> so we, in, in, on that episode that I was looking at, it cuts from uh, a backstage segment, Mean Gene, he's with Razor Ramon. And Flair. Flair and Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, right. So they're all talking. And then later on in the episode, you get Bret Hart finally. That room had three guys who had... Infinite more charisma than the guy who had the championship. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I know. I'm just saying. It's your opinion, man. Yeah. It's valid. Why didn't they ever put that title on Razor Ramon, man? I mean, he, he probably has on a mission. He didn't care for, about belts. That's irrelevant. Oh, I know. He's, they, they, didn't they put him on, like, Springer to talk to, like, a Make-A-Wish kid or something? Man, put the belt on him. I know, they should have. <coughs> Scott Hall was money. Mr. Perfect. I know Mr. Perfect had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Going on. He was money, too. He was so much money. Yeah, Bret Hart's money. Bret Hart was. Well, not this time. Around. Around. This is kind yeah. of when this thing started going south for WWF. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, Bret really didn't draw that. Well, granted, you know, the wrestling landscape in the early mid-90s changed a lot. With oh, the, like, yeah. A lot very quickly. Wrestling, or uh, Hulkamania kind of, you know, falling out of popularity and no one really there to take that void, mm-hmm. fill that void. So, um, this was the last time Flair would hold a championship in WWF. Second to last. He held the IC title. Um, oh, sorry. I meant during this run. During that run. Okay, sorry. Um, and he eventually lost a loser leaves WWF match uh, against Mr. Perfect on Raw in early 93 mm-hmm. and went back to oh, WCW. Oh, so that's how they wrote him off. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting. Cool. Things we learned doing this show. I know, right? Of course, Bret Hart went on after he lost that strap to Yokozuna. Uh, to Got it back a few more times. Disappeared into obscurity. Number two. Two. Luthez versus Buddy Rogers. This took place 
January 21st, 1963 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Way before they had TV in the first place. No, there's TV. Wait, well, not Canada didn't have TV. Oh, then. my God. Ah, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, no. So this is, this is historically significant. Uh, why, Larson? Because it led to the birth of what? The WWWF. That's That's become correct. the WWE. Which, yeah, exactly. Um, so Lou Fez, of course... Uh, the dude who lived till he was he was like wrestling from the age of like I don't know fifteen until he was a hundred. Yeah. Um, he was the NWA World Champion. He had the title for around three, almost three years, one thousand seventy nine days, uh, before dropping it to Gene Kaniski. Back when we can have champions called Gene Kaniski, uh, that was forty nine years old at the time. Jeez. So the story behind Luthez winning the belt is actually really interesting. Um, apparently, uh, promoters in the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA, felt that Buddy Rogers um, showed a preferential treatment towards promoters in the northeastern part of the country. Right. Um, so, uh, apparent, and apparently, a lot of wrestlers didn't really like Buddy Rogers. Mm-hmm. The NWA decided to vote and take the belt off Buddy. Yeah. And put it on Luthez. Um, Again. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I guess Luthez was kind of like half-retired at this point. He wasn't uh, even like active full-time. <laughs> right. He was, uh, he was but like, he was still a, b- he was still a big draw. He was like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he was. So uh, of course, uh, I guess Buddy didn't want to drop the belt. So uh, the promoter of the show, Sam Muchnick, um, uh, put in place three measures to ensure Ooh. the finish of the match when it's planned. Yeah, man. These measures are as follows. Um, it was a w- one-fall match. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the custom at the time was two out of three falls, at least for championship matches. Yeah, that's crazy. Second, um, much Nick threatened to give uh, Buddy Rogers bond. Um, I guess every champion had to give $25,000 to the NWA Board of Directors. That's a lot of money um, back then. Yeah, for the belt, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And they would get that money back when they lost the championship. Yeah. Well, much Nick said, okay, if you, if you, you know, don't drop the belt, we're giving your bond to charity. You won't get it back. Right. Third, and this is my favorite. That is great. The NWA thought that Luthez could just like shoot, beat Buddy Rogers, and win the match. Well, yeah, that's why they decided to put it on him. Number yeah. one, they all like Lou, and number two, yeah, they all knew Lou was legit. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he could beat you with a Luth with a me press. With I know. Luthez press. I know. Um, following Buddy Rogers' loss, uh, Vince McMahon Sr. and Toots Mon withdrew from the NWA and formed the WWWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, citing uh, Fez's lack of drawing power in the mm-hmm. Northeast. And then they named Buddy Rogers as their champion officially April 11th, 1963. So they took the guy that they knew could draw hardcore in their territory. Yeah. And they made him their their champions. So. Yeah, but then apparently uh, Buddy Rogers uh, was not really loved as a champion in the Northeast. He's still a draw, but people yeah. didn't want him to be champ. That's going to lead to our next entry. Yes. Number one. One. Bruno San Martino versus Buddy Rogers. So one month later, or I'm roughly. sorry. Yeah, roughly one month later, <coughs> or around, so right after Buddy Rogers uh, lost the title, Luthez, uh, they formed WWF, and they just put the title on Buddy Rogers. Claiming, well, no, no, they had, yeah, they had a, a, a claiming yeah. that he won in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, which is, what? No, it didn't happen. Yeah, which is a nexus of fictional wrestling tournaments. Yeah, because something similar would happen for the Intercontinental title <laughs> exactly. about a decade later. Exactly. Fifteen years later. So anyways, um, yeah, this match took place at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. May 17th, 1963, as you said, about a month later. About a month later. Uh, Bruno beat Buddy Rogers in 48 seconds. Yeah. And I think Bruno, so Bruno has a story about this, too, and I swear he said something along the lines of... 
He he made sure. He, they weren't sure if Buddy was going to just give it up, if he was going to do the job. And I think Bruno said, and I watched the interview because it's there, but I'm almost positive he said something along the line. He basically told Buddy, you either do the job or I, I'm going to make sure you do the job. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it for you. And Buddy Rogers did end up doing the job. Yeah. Um, Buddy Rogers claimed to have suffered a heart attack a week prior to this bout, um, but all wrestlers had to pass a physical conducted by the New York State Athletic Commission before they can compete. And I'm pretty sure uh, Bruno said that he thought that that was full of – he was full of crap yeah. also. Um, it's funny because from what I was able to gather, uh, yeah, like you said earlier, nobody really liked Buddy Rogers <coughs> until his, like, later, later years when they all liked him. Like, once he was out of the game and the politicking stopped, I would imagine, then they all liked him and they all revered him and they, they really tried to prop him up. Yeah. Um, but, of course, Bruno went on to have a massive, massive run that lasted until 1971. 2,803 days as champion. Wow. That's a very long time. That is crazy. That's yeah. twice as long as Hogan's first run with the WWF title. Yeah. So that's about 1,400 we days plus. We will never, ever see that again. I don't think we'll ever see anybody best CM Punk's last title reign. 420-whatever days. Don't think it's going to happen. If they get, if they ever got Roman to where they wanted to get him? No, I think it's more likely if they don't get Roman to where they want to get him, they put the belt on him for like three years. Yeah, they could be. Could be. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we would definitely recommend checking out all those different interviews out there with Bruno. These days he seems to be doing the, the, the rounds a bit more. Mm-hmm. And his story from, from his birth to now is a fascinating one. So, I mean, they, dude, that is that is totally a movie waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. It's surprising nobody's jumped on yeah, that. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm shocked that no one's tried to do that yet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what we got for you. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.